and welcome to the Roundtable. Bill Priestley here with you. And of course, the debt ceiling deadline is coming up on Monday. Very interesting debate going on right now. Looks like we've got a deal perhaps hammered in place. How is that going to affect the freight industry? Joining us, we've got two people that can talk to that with great experience. Number one, Lauren Smith, who joins us, the uh, president of Skyline Risk Policy Group in Manassas, Virginia, and Jim Lucier, the managing director of Kappa Alpha Partners in Washington, D.C. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. Lauren, let me start with you. Uh, it looks like with this uh, quote-unquote deal that we have right now between uh, the the, uh, the legislature and uh, President Biden, that uh, implications for the freight industry kind of stay in place. What are your what are your interpretations of this deal as it stands right now? Well, Bill, first of all, I think that we are going to see the the deal uh, as it stands passed uh, basically unchanged. There was some drama over the past forty eight hours as to whether or not Congress would go along with the deal that uh, the Speaker of the House and President Biden struck over the weekend. Uh, but it looks like it's going to pass. And so, what's in it as far as uh, the freight industry. I think uh, I, I think I'm, I'm watching closely. The uh, the permitting reform sections on energy uh, could have some incremental impact there. I mean, this is a very modest deal, has a, a modest uh, spending caps over the next couple of years, uh, some modest changes in other areas. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think on, I think on the permitting reform front, because we are looking at sort of more energy infrastructure focused. Uh, tweaks rather than uh, focused more broadly on on infrastructure, including transportation infrastructure, things like making it easier to build uh, truck parking lots and uh, other expansions that would be useful for freight infrastructure. I, I think it's I mean it's it's incrementally useful that uh, that permitting reform is so high on the. Uh, on the discussion list. And I think it's something to watch over the next couple of years because there's a lot of infrastructure funding out there and they, uh, Congress wants to be able to get it spent and get the projects moving. Jim, what's your take on the deal right now? It looks like both Re- Republicans and Democrats uh, gave up at least a little bit to get this thing done if indeed it, it passes as it stands. This is a normal budget exercise. You sit down every year, every couple of years and decide to readjust the budget based on who's got the votes to do what. This should be seen as totally routine, totally normal. There's nothing Congress does better than just divide up a big pot of money for highways and bridges based on who's got the votes to do what. And that's exactly what they did this time. And I think it's a pretty good deal. It's basically a spending freeze. Both sides can live with that for two years after the huge bump in spending we had during the COVID era. Lauren, as you look at it, obviously new issues come up with this uh, after every kind of, you know, budget deal is made up. All of a sudden there are new issues that always pop up. Do you see anything uh, as far as what this means for the freight industry in terms of what they have to look forward to? And also kind of with that, where things that are kind of in progress are right now as well. Which is the truck parking bill that's uh, that's seeing some progress right now. Uh, sure. I think th- th- what's been interesting to see is a, a lot of new bills in Congress over the past uh, couple months uh, trying to address some of these outstanding issues that didn't quite make it into the 2021 infrastructure bill uh, and seeing what pressure it puts on the Department of Transportation. Uh, an interesting feature of the 2021 legislation was uh, the significant amount of new discretionary money. There's always Over the past decade, uh, we've seen a steady increase in the amount of uh, competitive grant programs 
uh, that uh, that the department itself has the ability to award over the course of a year uh, in 2021. That amount uh, increased uh, pretty substantially, and so you know I think by having pressure on these sorts of conversations, I think it nudges uh, the Department of Transportation to do more in these areas of identified need, uh, like truck parking. Um, in fact, the, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, uh, has made a point of, you know, uh, announcing, by the way, we got a few new uh, truck parking projects. Here's one in Tennessee. Here's one in Florida. Uh, and sort of making that a little bit more of a focus. And so I think, you know, is, as these areas are are the focus of uh, public debate and pressure from Congress. Um, it's worth noting what's going on in the in the committees, uh, but I think I think you can see some immediate impact just by having that influence on on the Department of Transportation. Jim, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, the government lo- loves nothing more than just to take a big pile of money and divide it up as well. But looking at this in terms of how it goes from here on out, lots of news reports about. Uh, certain individuals, particularly in the Senate, in the Senate, that might uh, decide to try to quote unquote hold things up a little bit. Uh, is that just political grandstanding, or do they have a legitimate point? In this does this uh, does this get through essentially unscathed, as you just said? Well, I think that there's a certain amount of grandstanding going on. Uh, I think that two thirds of the House Republicans and probably more than half of House Democrats will vote for this in the end. So it should get a pretty substantial. Uh, bipartisan margin. The people who are complaining now are the people that have always been complaining. Um, I think that uh, House leadership expects to lose between 50 and 60 Republicans, and that's very consistent with the number 40 that we've seen so far who say they won't vote for the bill. Uh, We'll get the first big test today about 3 or 3.30 when they vote on something called the rule that is a setup for the vote later this evening. Um, if the Republicans aren't able to pass the vote on the rule or they need the Democrats to help them, that might be a trouble sign. But I really think this is all over but the crying. And the question is now how things work on the Senate side and how the Senate can finish this before next Monday. It'll involve some procedural magic, and I'm not sure I can explain how they'll do it, but I think they will. <laughs> Laws and sausage, if you will, uh, in that particular yeah. way. Uh, Lauren, uh, just to you, uh, any any difficulty you see in, in terms of this getting passed? Obviously, you mentioned you think this is going to go through unscathed, but will it see any difficulty getting between now and Monday? Uh, well, Jim flagged the, uh, the the awkward moment. There, uh, the way uh, bills pass the House of Representatives is you have a rule and you pass a rule that governs debate that says how many amendments are made in order and that kind of thing. It basically sets the table for what's going to happen as the as the underlying bill, in this case, the debt ceiling agreement, is is passed. Uh, the rule is typically passed with uh, by the majority alone. So if it's if it's the Democrats that have a majority, only Democrat votes will 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 go for the rule. Um, in this case, uh, the Republicans have a very thin majority, uh, so it's, it's a little unclear. Uh, it, it's very unusual. It w- would be very unusual for, uh, for the minority party to uh, vote for the rule that governs the debate of, of the bill. Um, that may be what happens in this case. So that's, that's, that's a little unclear, uh, but you know, it, 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 it does seem very likely that over the next, you know, 12 to 18 hours, uh, we're going to see this bill pass through the House. Uh, maybe debate slips into tomorrow, uh, but that's that's really the question. Jim, looking into uh, after this, uh, after Monday and after this gets uh, hopefully passed through without too much problem, um, we've obviously raised the debt ceiling over and over again uh, in the past. And I wanted to get your take on if this perhaps helps or hurts, and if so, how much 
given uh, what we're trying to do internationally as well. We know this, the Congress has passed or is looking to pass a lot of initiatives regarding to maritime shipping and trying to dip their toe in that water uh, there as well. Do you see this perhaps being any or bringing any difficulty to uh, the American economy, the American interests uh, overseas if we continue to keep raising the debt ceiling over and over again? Well, if you're asking about whether the increasing U.S. debt is ultimately going to hurt U.S. interests, I think that increasing the debt is, uh, we just have to get that debt under control. Um, until a couple of days ago, I was thinking that the debt ceiling spectacle every year probably damaged uh, U.S. credibility. It made us look silly. Uh, as part of my work, I have to go to places like London, Tokyo, uh, Toronto, foreign countries, and explain why this makes sense. On the other hand, uh, if the dollar is to remain the reserve currency of the world, people have to have some confidence that the U.S. is serious about taking on its debt. So maybe this spectacle showing people uh, expressing concern over debt and showing a big fight over increasing debt in the U.S. might actually work the other way. It might raise confidence that uh, people can uh, hold the dollar uh, because there is at least some resistance to endless debt increases. That's a great point. Lauren, uh, same question to you. Does this hurt any of us in terms of our interests overseas and that we have to raise the debt ceiling over and over again? Well, every time we've sort of gotten close and it's been on the, it's been on, on the radar screen, it does get resolved. So it is, <clears throat> it's a little bit of a boy who cried wolf. It's, it's, well, you know, there's a debt ceiling deal and, yeah, theoretically, the world's come to an end and the U.S. government can default on its, you know, $30 trillion in debt obligations. Um, but that, 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 seems, that seems pretty unlikely. I mean, uh, unlikely, you know, if you look back over the last, you know, century, there have been times when, you know, arguably uh, the U.S. did at least, you know, tweak its debt obligations by as it gradually shifted away from the gold standard. So, uh, which, which in some sense could be described as, as a default. Uh, but uh, I, I, I would say over the past few decades, you see you've had very strong uh, partisan conflict over spending and the debt and the debt limit, um, and it's, it's gotten resolved. And so I, I think that you know overseas, I think they see over time that the, the U.S. is fairly resilient in the sense that we have the ability to have these debates, uh, very, very emotional debates, uh, and then ultimately resolve. Jim, we've got about 20 seconds left here. Obviously, we're talking about that first rule at 3 o'clock, 3.30 this afternoon. If things don't go as planned, do you expect Congress to pull ranks and try to circle the wagons to get it done? I think so. I think they'll cut a deal one way or another. The Democrats need to get this off their plate. They've got a lot of other things to work on. The White House needs to get this off their plate as well. I think we've reached the point where everyone is tired of this. They need to get it with, they need to make it over with. And so uh, I, I'm pretty confident it clears the house today. It'll clear the house in the late evening after the financial markets have closed. Uh, I, I think we can probably get a unanimous consent uh, in the Senate, uh, despite what we hear from certain senators who want to filibuster. So uh, fingers crossed, I think this is all done by Monday next week. Yes, hopefully there are no surprises there as well. Lauren Smith and Jim Lucen, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, hopefully good news will happen on Monday, if not sooner. Yep.